we've got today. It's a huge subject. I thought I, what I could do is just read from Genesis to Revelation uh, this morning, uh, so you'd get a flavour, uh, but I decided we probably don't have enough time for that, so um, we're going to just look at a few verses from Psalm 19. Psalm 19 and verse 7, if you want to turn from it, it should be up here uh, shortly. says that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the law are the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. This is is David, uh, King David, uh, the psalmist, singing the praises of God's word. Now, um, he uses all sorts of different um, terminology for the word, statutes, Law, and he was really referring to uh, the first five books of the Bible because that's that's probably all he had. He may have had uh, Joshua at the time as well; it's, it's unclear. But he was referring to uh, <coughs> primarily Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And he was reading those and finding great delight in them. Um, and he was just saying how wonderful and how glorious they are. Now, um, I want to read it out in a different, slightly different version. Um, this is the Living Bible, and uh, just to try and... And this sort of condenses what David is saying in, in a slightly different way. It says, in there, it says, God's laws are perfect. They protect us, make us wise, and give us joy and light. God's laws are pure, eternal, and just. They are more desirable than gold. They are sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. For they warn us away from harm and give success to those who obey them. And it's a wonderful, wonderful truth that is summed up in those words that David was talking about. Now, I find it amazing that David was talking about the first five books of the Bible. One can only imagine if he had the Gospels, if he had Acts, if if he could see what he would have said about the Bible then. He was just amazed at the good things of God in the first five books. Now, actually, that's not... It's not unreasonable. If you read through those books, uh, they have an amazing account of the goodness and the love and the grace and, uh, and the, the, the majesty of God in them. Uh, and, uh, you know, and so, so he would have seen that. He would have also read the, the, the laws which were there that he was saying are great and wonderful. And, um, and I particularly want to look at one of the, the illustrations that he uses uh, in verse... Uh, verse 10, it says there, talking about the whole of, of God's words, it says, They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. Now, these two uh, descriptions of, of gold and honey are no accident. David is very specific about what he's saying. Um, of course, gold 
then as now, was a symbol of great wealth. If you had gold, you were okay. If you had gold, you were secure. You had everything you could do. Gold can buy you anything. And so David used the description as gold. It's the best thing this world can offer. Um, And so he was saying, look, actually, I'm going to use gold as my example. This is what everyone wants. This is what everyone goes for. This is what everyone's looking for. Great wealth. Actually, the Bible's better than that. And then he goes to another illustration of honey. Now, today, honey is perhaps not as special as it was then. Honey was, of course, uh, in those days, sugar probably hadn't been invented. uh, And they hadn't really discovered it. They had done various things. But honey was the source, primarily, of sweetness. Of everything that was... And honey was one of those things that people sought after. And in fact, of course, uh, when, um, when God was telling... Uh, the people of Israel, about this promised land, he said it was a land flowing with milk and honey. And that would have meant something to them. They would have thought, wow, it's full of honey. That's a, that's a land worth having. That's a land worth going to. And he, he didn't describe everything else with it. He, he used honey as the, the, the pinnacle, if you like, of what is worth going for in terms of finest of foods. And so David here is using these two illustrations of gold and of honey, of saying, actually, this is, this is what men want. This is what we strive for in this world. This is what, actually, if you have these two things, you're pretty much made up. And he's saying, actually, but God's word is much better than this. I have found, David is saying, that, that I have found that having these things, that's all very well, but actually God's word is so much better, so much, it's better than having gold, it's better than having honey. Uh, it's more desirable to have these things. Um, and so David was trying to make a really important point to us about what, was, what he considered important. Now the thing about money and wealth is it can transform lives. People want to go and do the lottery. Um, because their thinking is, if I won that, it would transform the way I am, it would it would just it would just radically change everything from striving and get, trying to get make ends meet. I my, I my I would be made. The reality, of course, is that money can transform you outwardly. You can you know if you're living in a really run down house and whatever you had you've got millions of pounds so that you could buy a mansion, you could buy a decent car, go on all sorts of holidays, and it would outwardly transform your life. What it doesn't do is inwardly transform you. And so you look around and you see rich people who have the same concerns, or even, even more so, than everyone else. That They still have the deep fears. They build great fences around their houses because they're frightened. Um, they're still lonely. They're still sad. They still have inner depression and so on and so forth. Because this money cannot change them. It cannot give them the peace that they're looking for. And often, people that are rich are even sadder than those that are poor because they think, they thought this would do it for them, and it hasn't. And then they're just lost. Because if money doesn't do it, what hope have I got? And the same is true for finest of food. I remember watching this television programme, and I can't remember what it was, a few years ago. And there's this guy who's, uh, who, was, who loved going around to restaurants, the finest restaurants, and they were taking, they were um, uh, just 
having it on camera, yeah. And he was sampling this food. And, and we would, you know, I would have killed to get to some of these restaurants. And yet the problem he had is that he was so used to wonderful food and the perfection is that if any one tiny thing went wrong, he was, he was just fed up. He was just disappointed. Something that's probably you or I would never have even noticed. And he was there sitting in this fine restaurant and he was just complaining. Oh, this wasn't, wasn't. And you think, and I pitied him. Because he had everything and yet his heart was just complaining. His heart was sad. Because the food, although wonderful, hadn't changed him. Hadn't transformed his, him inside. It just, he just, he just, and, and he couldn't really enjoy it anymore. Because he sampled the best. And then when, when he went to something that wasn't quite the best, which you or I was, it was just terrible. And so we can, we, can, we can understand that David is saying, look, you know, this is what we crave for in this life. We crave for money. We crave for fine things. But actually, the word of God is so much better than that. It's better. Because it has power to transform us internally. It can change us from the inside. It can transform the way we look at life. And we can be very, very poor, but totally content. Because we know the word of God living in us, speaking to us about the goodness of God, the love of God, the presence of God. And we can, uh, and we can be eating a, a stale crust and still be full of the presence and the love of God because the Word of God is speaking to us about how wonderful God is and how blessed we are. And, and, so, and so David is saying here, we need to, to see and understand this truth about the Word of God for ourselves. Now, the reality of it is, is if we truly believed that is to be true of the word of God. If we truly believe it was better than wealth and better than money um, and better than wonderful food, wouldn't we be spending more time each day in the, in the word of God, reading it, than we do eating and working? Because working, we go to work to get money. And we, we go to, you know, we eat to, to keep ourselves strong. And in reality, and I just say this for myself, I don't do that. And many of us don't do that. And, and so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an issue here, isn't there? What is it that we truly believe about the Word of God? And often, um, almost always, what we believe determines how we behave. Now, when I was growing up, and I, many of you were, uh, perhaps, perhaps some of you maybe in this, this environment, and I thank God for this, that I was in a, in a home and a, and a church that, that taught very much about reading the Word of God, and that is the right thing to do. And so I, was, I grew up to read the Word of God day by day. I did it almost as a law, because that's what you did. I did it because that's what you're supposed to do. A good Christian reads the Bible every day. Uh, God wrote the word of God he wants to be appreciated and therefore if you read it he feels appreciated <laughs> it, it wasn't quite said that way but you got the idea that you did this because God wanted it and it made him feel better or something I, I don't really know but it was something you did 
Surely I didn't expect to get a great deal out of it. I read it each day. I had some notes to go with it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, put it down. Now, to be honest, during those first few years when I used to do that, up to the age of whatever, 17, 18, um, I, I, I didn't really enjoy that process. Looking back, I am so grateful I did it, because what actually happened was that what came into me was a whole uh, foundation of the Word of God. I'm so grateful, because I, even now I pull up stuff that I learned then, uh, that now actually means so much more to me. And so I had, I had this foundation, this, this food that I took. And, and the reality of it is, is that if you force-feed someone who is starving, it will do them good. Yeah? You might force them to do it, you might be doing it because you're telling them they have to, but actually, in the end, if you, are, if, you t- if you make someone eat who is starving, who is, it's going to do them good. So there is some merit, I would say, in what happened to me. Now, that actually is not really what God wants for us. He wants us not to be living under law. And so I don't want people to go away today and thinking, well, Tim told me to read the Bible, so I'm going to go and do it. That's not really what the Bible says. That's not what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to believe what David says. And because we truly believe it, our actions follow. I really believe, actually, that that reading the Bible is better than earning some money. I believe that, actually, reading the Bible is better than having the best food I can think of. If we believe that, actually, our practice is going to follow. Because we're going to start going after it. Now, I want to just show you something, because I think our view of the word God can be changed, or can, have, can, be, um, uh, have, can have a different, um, what am I trying to say? We have a different mindset, mindset as a word, yeah? Okay, so, we can have a mindset as a word of God, okay, like this, so let me just put this out here. Anyone know what this is? Medicine. Okay, medicine, good stuff. Okay, medicine, now we take medicine when we're not very well. True? We, so, uh, we stick it on the shelf, it's there, and in times of need, we get it out, and we take some. And when we feel better, we put it back on the shelf. And then we leave it there. And then when we get ill again, we take it out, we take it until we feel better, and then we put it back on the shelf. Now, that's one way we can look at the Word of God. And in a sense, there's some truth behind that. Actually, when we're in difficulties, the Word of God can come to us and speak wonderful truths. When we're down, when we're struggling, God's Word comes, and we can read it, and we can feel encouraged and strengthened and helped. And and that's true. But then we can put it back on the shelf and leave it. And leave it there until the next time we hit a crisis. That's one way. The other way, I think sometimes, is, is this. (laughs) <laughs> now, Marmite. Now, some of us, who, who here likes Marmite? Okay, excellent. Who here doesn't like Marmite? Okay. About half and half, which is, which is fairly normal. Okay. Now, I, I like Marmite. I, I, I often have it in, on toast in the mornings. I love it. It's really, really nice. Now, now, those that don't like Marmite might think, well, I, I don't like it. It doesn't taste very nice. I know that in here is some quite good stuff. Uh, Vitamin B and folic acid and all that stuff. So it's good good stuff. It's good. 
but when I taste it, oh, I don't really like it, and it just doesn't, no, you know. And uh, and I, I hear some people really like it, and they really rave about it, and and I don't get it. So that can be our thinking about the Word of God. I've tasted it, I've tried it, and and I, I, I know it's good, but I just struggle with that. I just doesn't, you know. I, I don't understand people who really rave about it and and really get into it, and and yet. And yeah, I think I should, you know, I should like it because it's going to do me good, but I just don't like the taste. Those are the two ways we can think about the Word of God. We can think about it as medicine, just to take it when we're having a difficulty and leave it alone any other time. Or, I, I've tried it, I know it does me good, but really, I just really struggle with it. I just don't like the taste. And, and that can be our mindset. And if that is our mindset, if that's what we think, if that's what we believe, that's how we will behave. And I believe what God wants to do today is to convince us and to change our mindset. Like David. And say, actually, it is better than gold. It is sweeter than honey. It is better than the finest food. And so God wants to, to do something in us today, I believe. For those that struggle with the word of God, it's not a case of, okay, tomorrow I'm going to get up, I'm going to read it, I'm going to do it. No, God wants to change your mind today. God wants to change your mind and say, actually, the word of God is exactly what David said. It is much better than gold. It's much better than honey for you. Because it will change you. It will transform you from the inside. It will do something that money and good food can never do. It will transform you. In Romans 12, and verse 2, verse we often quote it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind be transformed we will be transformed if we renew our mind in this area and there's many areas that our minds need to be reviewed if we renew our mind in this area we think actually no the word of God is true and is good and will do me good now I think it's it's simple to say that actually uh one of the things we need to say to ourselves, and this is where speaking is, is to say to ourselves, if I read the word of God, it will do me good. Amen. We need to speak that over us. And to believe that, that it will do me good. And we can come to the word of God and say, when I read the Bible, I won't understand it, it will be boring, God won't speak to me, it's not worth my time. If that's our thinking... It's like Marmite, we don't like. If we say that over ourselves, even subconsciously, we will never read the Bible. We'll leave it on the shelf. We'll leave it. But if I say to myself, God's words bring life. God spoke creation into life. God's word always brings life. He wants to bring life to me. You see, God didn't write the Bible so we could say, oh, well done, God. I really appreciate you. And he feels better about himself. (laughs) It's not the reason he did it. He wrote the Bible because he loves us. And he he wrote this, and he calls this to be written for our blessing, for our good. It contains here everything we need to live a successful and rewarding life. It's there. That's why he's written... And not that he doesn't care for me, of course he cares, that's the reason he put it. But it's not for his sake, it's for us. This is what this exists for. Not for him, but for us. 
He wants to bring life to me. He wants to say something to me today to bless me. When I go to the Word of God, that's in my heart. God, you want to bless me today. And so I'm going to read your word and I am going to receive a blessing. Do you know, when I go with that attitude, pretty much every time God speaks to me, whatever I'm reading, because I know that's what it's for. I know that's why it's here. It's for a blessing. I know that's why he did it. I know that's why he's caused it. He wants to bless me. He wants to encourage me, strengthen me. He wants to show his goodness. He wants to reveal wonderful truths about me. He wants to reveal real wonderful truths about himself and about Jesus. He wants to transform my life. He wants to strengthen me. He wants to encourage me. That's God's heart. That's God's heart for us. And this is what this Bible, this his word, is all about. Now, if we come to the Bible with that thinking, we will receive those things from the Word of God. Not necessarily every time, because uh, we need to just, it needs to come into practice. But one of the things that we have a problem with in, in this country is, is the idea that, that I'll read it once, I struggle a bit with it, and therefore it has nothing to say to me. And sometimes we need to press in and say, actually, no, I really believe you want to bless me, God. I really believe that you want to do me good. And therefore, I'm going to persevere with this. Because he will bless you through the word of God. He will speak to you. He will encourage you. He will give you life. He will transform you. There's many people here will testify to that truth. Their lives have been transformed by the word of God. Mine uh, is very much the case of that. So, what do you do? Well, can I encourage you to start small? If, you, if, you, if you're the one that's used it for medicine or, or marmite and you've stuck it on the shelf, try reading the Gospels. A Gospel, Mark, easy Gospel to read. Sure. Luke. I know there's small groups that go through Luke at the moment, don't they? John. Is it John? John. John. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going through John. There's some, some of the things in John. So, so, join a small group and learn what it means to read the Bible through there. That's a really good thing. Uh, read some, through Acts. I know we've talked about that before. I mean, it's amazing things that go on. My favourites are some of the Old Testament stories. I love reading, because although, because they're really interesting, and, it, and you see, the things that come out in them are the, are the way God acts on behalf of men, that he still does today. This is the thing that we sometimes struggle with. Some of the... Events that take place, you know, the wars and all that sort of stuff, maybe. But actually, in terms of how God cares for his people, how God loves his people, that hasn't changed. The, the, the his history is different now, we live in a different time, but God's love for his people hasn't changed. God intervening on behalf of his people hasn't changed. He still loves us, he still intervenes, and it's great to see. And also, hidden within those messages, not very hidden sometimes, Jesus comes out so often. And I just love reading about Jesus in the Old Testament. And we see uh, him just coming up every now and again. And his glory seen. And uh, it's as though the writer, and and David knew about it. David knew there was someone to come. And and Moses knew someone was coming. And and every now and again he comes up. and uh, and, And through the life of Israel we see pictures of Jesus. And, uh, and I just love seeing Jesus in the Old Testament. And so, uh, let me encourage you, those are, those are great stories. And then, and the saints, uh, Lord, show me you, show me Jesus in this. 
Because he's there, he's actually there all the way through it. He's there all the way through it. And when you see him, wow, it's wonderful. I told you the other day, I'm going to stop soon, reading Lamentations. It's a really strange book. I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, basically, it's, uh, I was sharing this uh, the other day, and I, I, I just started to read it, and I, I felt it's not a book I particularly spend a lot of time in, I have to be honest with you. Because basically, it's them complaining uh, about how bad they've been and the punishment that God's put on Israel. Why someone, all, all these nations have come across. And you read it, you think, this is a bit, a bit grim. <laughs> and, and I was just praying about this, and then just a few, and I, I've got, I should turn to it, just a few, a few words talked about taking the gall and the and suddenly you've got a picture of Jesus in the middle of this. And the wonderful thing was is that you suddenly realise, actually, I don't face this anymore. Because Jesus took this. All this stuff, Jesus took it. And suddenly that book came alive because you're reading it. Jesus took this. He, I, I sinned, but I don't face what Lamentations is about anymore. Because Jesus did Jesus took all this for me. And so I ended up in worship through Lamentations because I saw a picture of Jesus. And so, you know, just, just ask God, in, even in some of the most difficult passages, God, reveal yourself. And this is also one of the keys to the Bible, is we read it with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so important that we don't read this as a dry book, because often it will be a dry book. If we just read it by rote and da 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 we ask the Holy Spirit, will you show me wonderful things? He is the one that leads us into all truth. He is the one that makes this book come alive. And for me, although actually I really appreciated all that I did, it really came to life to me when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. Because when that happened, suddenly the whole thing just came alive. Suddenly Jesus jumped out of the painting. Suddenly the goodness of God came to me in such clear way. So when we read this, it's good to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, will you come and will you make this book live to me? Will you make it live? Whatever passage I'm reading, make it live. And whether you read a whole chapter or just one verse, uh, I believe God will do that for you. Because it is, he wants to bless through this. He wants to, to make it alive to us. Because it's for our blessing, it's for our good. When I come to the Word of God, and I guess this happens over years, I'm convinced that God will speak to me. And I don't let the odd time when I've read it and it's, I haven't quite, quite got it, put that off. I, I say to myself, no, this is for my good. And often what's happened is I've read a passage of Scripture and I think, oh, that's a bit, okay, that's nice, fine, move on. And then a day or two days later, it's come back to me in a particular circumstance. And I've, you know, I've been out of it, oh yeah, wow, that's really good, I remember that. And either it's for me, for my blessing, or often it's to bring to somebody else for, for their encouragement. And uh, it's great when we're in a difficult time or, or a hard time, uh, when someone comes up to us and gives us a word from the Bible that encourages us. And I want to encourage that, and it's a really great thing to do, but actually, to have that inside you, so that you can bring it up to bless yourself. But David James was saying last week, well, we can speak these things over us. See, if we've got that deposit, if we've fed ourselves on the word of God, when we face these things, we don't have to wait until someone can come. We can actually pull it up. We can have a well of 
wonderful things that we say, no, I'm going to speak this over myself. This is what the Word of God says. God loves me. I'm significant. God, God is for me. God is going to help me. God's going to deliver me. And, uh, and, and so we can pull up specific things that we've read that will just give us strength. And, and if we have to rely on others, then actually that makes us weak because we're just, we're just scrambling around. I, can't, I haven't got this, this uh, deposit in me that will, will give me strength. So just to, to close, there are wonderful things about the Word of God. The Word of God has power to transform us much more than wealth or fine food ever could. It promises to bring joy, whether we're full or hungry. As we read it, we get a wonderful picture of our Saviour. It confirms that we are loved. It assures us of our victory. It reminds us of who we are, glorious sons and daughters. It tells us that we are free. It comforts us when we're afraid. It tells us how powerful we are. It guides us. It confirms that our hope is not in vain. And it shows us our glorious future. Can I just encourage you, let change your mind. If you are one of those that struggle with the Word of God, that think it's, it's you know, not, not for you or just for the shelf or whatever, let God change your mind that this is indeed better than wealth. It's better than finest food because it can transform your life from the inside. It can make you the most contented, happy, peaceful person there is. Regardless of what's going on outside you. It can bring you peace and rest and joy that nothing else can bring. Because that's what he, and that's because that's what he wrote it for. That's why he had it here. It's for our blessings, for our good. It's a living and active word of God. And he wants it to bless us each day. So just pray. Father, I just want to pray now for us. Pray for myself, God. I thank you for... Lord, I thank you for my past, for what you put in me. Lord, even through those times of perhaps uh, doing it because I was supposed to do it. Lord, I thank you that your word of God dwells in us and dwells in me richly, Lord God. And I bless you for that. But I pray, God, that if anyone here, Lord, struggles with reading your word, I pray right now that you will give them strength to change their mind about it, Lord. That they would see it as you always intended, something that is far better than wealth and gold and far better than honey and the best food. Because, Lord, it is your life to us, your words to us, bring us life, bring us transformation, bring us joy. And God, I just pray, Lord, that we would be people that just love to devour your word. And Father, through it, we will become rich and wise and strong. And that we would know who we are. And God, we would just be those that are, uh, Lord, just, uh, just rejoicing in you and in your love and your goodness day by day. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.